When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Here's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Still to come on the show, we're going to be chatting about just this insane video that's doing the rounds of... Uh, a three-year-old Japanese girl who was tied to a kite and the conditions got incredibly windy. If you've seen it, you'll see how terrifying it is. We'll be chatting about, like, pro- you've probably never been blown away by a kite before, but if any mad stuff that ever happened to you as a kid where you're like, I don't even know how I managed to get out of that phase, 0876797104. Somebody wants to, Matthew, our friend, who used to be on the list of enemies. I think you're off it now, Matthew. I can't remember why you were off it, but I think, I think you're off it now. And um, says, please shred the knobheads who go down in groups to the 40-foot wearing dry robes at this time of year. They have tea or coffee after their swim, acting like it's the depths of winter. Um, sorry now, don't you do that? I don't go down with a dry robe, but I know Crossy does. <laughs> does he actually? He does, yeah. He got, he's a big fancy dry robe, and uh, oh, he goes no. down there. Listen, uh, gladly shred that for you. I mean, we're not here to judge, we are here to shred, so... Does he have a cup of coffee afterwards? In no, class? he doesn't. He doesn't actually. No, it's still fairly cold. I was out there last week, and I was just there with my cappuccino, and my dry robe, Matthew. And I was like, "Oh my god, like it's so bitterly cold," you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> it wasn't. It's actually very nice. Um, but yeah, no. Listen, that is that is dreadful. But is let's dreadful. be honest; it's never going to be warm. I'd say it'd be warm in the summer. I know. On a nice day, yeah. I know it's not. So let them have their dry robes. But I'm just more yeah. annoyed that they're going in in the first place. Just trying to be all healthy and stuff and just show you up. <laughs> that's you what I'm annoyed about. The only, the only reason they're doing it is to go and, and go down and go, I'm better than you. Yeah. And then post it on Instagram like you do. You're like, yeah, just I mean, went for if, a Sunday dip and you're like, what? I mean, Why? if you're going to go down there, you, it doesn't, you don't get any of the benefits unless it's online. That's how no. the health things work, you know? You don't have to go down either. You can also sit on your couch on a Sunday and eat like normal people. <laughs> Yeah, you can, and don't worry, I have done that plenty of times. Listen, uh, Matt, thanks for that. Um, another message, uh, Ian, Ian, what's the story? Uh, Ian sent us in the video of the Scaries girls who um, did the COVID thing. In their defence, having looked at it a little bit more, someone wanted to shred them earlier on, by the way, there was a video going around of Scaries girls who were apparently, I think it's been taken out of context, the message has been sent around on WhatsApp that these girls were actively trying to get coronavirus I don't think they were uh, I think they were out last weekend or this weekend 
somebody got it and now they're just trying to guess who's going to get it next because they were sharing so many drinks and licking each other's faces on the night out. I don't think they're actively trying to get it. Uh, looking by that video, so that's, okay. that's the only thing I'll say for that. Mm. Um, they're just putting up who they... they on, you see, the, the mistake was putting this also up on, silly. on TikTok. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, but anyway, thanks for sending that message in. A load of uh, gay clubs um, in the area and scaries are after cancelling all activities for the next while. So it's obviously having a very frustrating, annoying impact on the area. So, you know, just don't lick anyone's faces for the foreseeable future. I suppose in the middle of a pandemic, you really shouldn't be licking anyone's faces. Regardless no, you of not. Whether you're on a night out or sharing drinks. There you go. Don't be sharing drinks on a night out because we, uh, we want this thing to leave sooner um, rather than uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but listen, thanks for, for, for sending that on. Um, and <clears throat> Matthew Crossy's after messaging me there. He's not happy with being Shred. But listen, oh, I'll really? send him your way. I'll send him your way. Uh, anything else you want, Shred? 87 And uh, Poor Crossy. On, yeah, poor Crossy indeed. Whoop, whoops. Uh, on the way next, going to be chatting about the poor Japanese three-year-old who almost got blown away. And if you've ever had anything mad or mental happen to you when you were a kid, do let us know. I was attacked by a group of, of, not swans, a group of ducks at Dublin Zoo before. That's the most dangerous thing that ever happened to me as a kid. Thankfully survived, even though one of them bit me. Let us know. 87 6797 FM 104's Room 104 Podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Good evening, it's Cormac and Sushi here in Room 104. And you might have seen this story, absolutely terrifying video, especially if you have a, a young child. Imagine if you have, like, a very two- or three-year-old child. You're always worried out in the open that they might just go missing. Like, I was an absolute terror for for wandering off in in shops and things like that. Like, I have a chronic fear of going into shops, into places like Pennies and Arnott's and things like that, because when I was a kid, I would constantly go missing. And I'd be missing, and I'd be freaked out, and I'd be panicked. Um, the album will be searched around for ages trying to find me and would eventually get me and just go, stop walking off! And I'm like, oh, sorry. But, um... See, you when know, you're younger, can... you think a pennies or something is huge and it's so easy to get lost in. You honestly think you're never going to find your mom ever again. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, that's it. That's the end of the world. You've got to learn how to survive in pennies with what you've got around you. You've got a shoe <laughs> and, and you know, some really cheap underwear. Yeah, there yeah. you go, <laughs> and a flip-flop. And you're like, right, let's try and make this work. Fashion some sort of uh, survival raft out of this. But uh, <laughs> can you imagine how terrifying this would be? Over in Taiwan, there was a, a kite festival. Like, there was a kite festival over in Taiwan, and obviously a lot of families and things went out to it to have a good day. The tail of one of the kites wrapped around a three-year-old and lifted her right up into the air because it turns out that the weather on the day was gale force winds, fairly, fairly strong uh, winds. And <laughs> the video, I mean, I shouldn't even laugh. It's absolutely terrifying. The, the three-year-old, thankfully, has absolutely no injuries. Had a, Well, had a couple of scrapes, but no serious injuries at all. It was absolutely fine. But the three-year-old, the tail of this, it was a very long kite. It wasn't like a normal standard kite you'd see down the park. It was a, a long, nearly like a decorative kind of festival-y kind of kite thing. It was very, very long, had a very long tail on it. That wrapped around her completely and lifted her up a good, like, 50 foot into the air for ages. And no one could get her. And everyone was obviously just screaming as this three-year-old kid is flown up in the air and pulled all over the shop. But thankfully, she survived. But, Wow. Like, you would never be able to plan for that happening. You'd just be like, why? No. Is, is that my kid? Oh, yeah, that's my kid. Little little Sharon is up in the sky there floating around on a kite. You'd be terrified as a parent. You would be terrified, but it's kind of not the kid's fault, though. Like, she didn't try oh, no. and shoot up in the air. Whereas I think there's a lot of other things that we could think of when we were younger that we purposely did because we were trying to be mischievous or just plain bold. Yeah. 
Like I used to always um, put my hand on the iron, even though she told me that is on and it's really hot. I used to do it time and time again. But one time I did it because I used to kind of tap it really quickly and it would be obviously very hot, but I'd be okay. And then one time I just put my whole hand on the iron while she was talking to my neighbour outside. And you can imagine how that felt. Screamed the place down. I've done that. And my other earliest memory was uh, sitting on the kitchen counter and just ha- trying out the grill as well or the the, the oven on the top. Um, yeah. And just kind of trying that out. And that was obviously very, very hard. The materialist memories, just going up and then the, the, the mother ironing in the back room and just reaching up and having a little tap. I think it's because it's shiny and silver. But yeah, uh, burnt the hand off myself uh, at both occasions. Obviously, you know, um, my fault on those and your fault on those with seriousness as well. Listen, if you've ever done anything as mental or as stupid or like what's the worst thing that happened to you as a kid growing up let us know 0876797104 were you uh, thrown into the air at a kite festival and almost died but miraculously had no injuries thankfully Niall good evening thanks for your message I do remember in Mosney drowning in the pool now I think spoiler alert because he's texting us in right now he didn't (laughs) die which is good news thankfully Uh, I could see people through the window going around the shops and restaurants I was glubbing thought it was the end I was pulled out, I think I was about four. Wow. Wow, well, that is kind of terrifying. I do remember going to Mosney on school tours. Not school tours, sorry, summer camps. And honestly, no one looked at any kid that was half drowning in the pool. Like, it was just a, a, a normal thing. Throw normal. them all in the pool kids and drowning then... drowning in the pool. Literally, I remember so many times people screaming, armbands falling off. <laughs> you know, it was a pretty dangerous place to go. Part of it, part of the charm and banter of the place at the time was like thirty kids are going on the tour, but listen, we'll only get twenty six back. But sure, look, the rest of them. It all was have just a bit back then, those school tours or um, you know summer camps and stuff. The people kind of looking after you were probably teenagers that were just being paid a few at the time pounds to mind yeah, your kids, like, and they just well, didn't. The lifeguard there with a cigarette, kind of going, ah, it'll be grand. He'll learn. He'll learn <laughs> to swim soon enough. Now, don't worry about that. Uh, Lucy, and good evening. Uh, I fell under ice on a river before. Looking at me, it wasn't uh, the ice wasn't was it wasn't too deep. What, it, what? Yeah, I imagine that could be a bit cold and dangerous. Falling, cracking through ice. Um, yeah. Like the, the worst thing that happened to me, apart from those things, was one. Apart from you know deciding to burn your hand off in the iron, was uh, one um, getting attacked by ducks in Dublin Zoo, which I've mentioned before. That was one of the most traumatizing experiences I ever had as a kid. And the other one was, again, as a stupid kid who kept wandering off. I think mm. we were in McDonald's on O'Connell Street years ago. Um, and we were upstairs. It was either Grafton Street or O'Connell Street, I can't remember, uh, for a day of boring shopping where I probably went missing about seven times anyway and Arnott's or Pennies or in the shopping centre or the ILAC. I used to love going missing in the ILAC. Oh, yeah. But, That's um, a good one. Just, it, it was in McDonald's and upstairs the emergency exit was alarmed. Uh, you know the bar across the door that you push yeah. to get out? And I went sprinting up to that and pushed it and the whole place, the alarm just went blasting off everywhere. And just, I say it was hilarious to watch because I literally came back screaming, crying. (gasps) Oh my God. You were a wild child. I was just a bit, just a bit bold, not even bad, just a bit stupid and bold when it came to things like that. Like it could have done me a favour, it could have given me a fear of McDonald's, but thankfully that left fairly quickly after that. I wasn't traumatised by a Big Mac or anything, thankfully. But, uh, yeah, that was the, the, the stupid thing. 
Well, see, I did. I wasn't a risk taker as such, but I used to think that everything was chocolate. So I remember climbing up on a press one day and I opened up uh, what I could see was the OXO cubes. I didn't have a clue what they were, but I was like, there's the chocolate. Brilliant. I'll give that out to all my friends now. Jumped down, put it in my mouth and gave them one as well. Now, obviously, I spat it out pretty quickly, but thought OXO cubes were chocolate. Uh, that's a harsh awakening. I say fairly quickly, you're like, oh, God. Yeah, horrible. Absolutely um, devastated. A friend of my older sister's drank an entire bottle of Calpol before. <gasps> Had to get her stomach pumped as a kid. Did this is like, I can't remember, like seven or eight. I think because one of the Calpols, the purple Calpols. They make it fantastic. so tasty. It's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. I think it's the zero <laughs> to six and then from seven to 12, it's disgusting. The orange one, yeah, they've ruined yeah. it. Probably for this reason, kids were just knocking it back. Kids were going outside going, hey, listen, I'm grand. I'm just going to have a few sticks of this. Drank the entire bottle. Had to be rushed to hospital and get her stomach pumped. Now, I don't know no. if Calpol... Maybe an entire bottle of it would be bad for you, but they just was a precaution to rush her to hospital and pump her entire stomach. That's mad. Because I always rough, heard of people, obviously, loving that a little bit too much. But I, I remember trying to drink that whole bottle, <laughs> yeah. but the cap was pretty tight on. You know, had that security thing on it, so you'd be twisting it for hours and it wouldn't open. But never heard of someone that drank the whole bottle. Terrifying. Yeah. Did they still the do that? Is Calpol still a thing? The same one we had, the tasty one. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Um, just chatting there about dumb stuff that's happened to you. Or unless I say dumb, dangerous stuff that's happened to you as a kid. A three-year-old over in Taiwan was at a kite festival. A kite somehow got wrapped around her and lifted her about 50 foot up in the air. Literally took her up off the ground and the kid was flying around in the sky for ages. Thankfully nothing happened and uh, didn't die. Uh, was, wasn't even really injured at all. So thank God, but... If you have any traumatizing experiences as a kid when you were trying to navigate yourself around this world, do let us know. 0876797104. Um, I choked on a 50 cent coin when I was five. I, th- I thought it was a chocolate coin. Ooh. That's yeah. very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. I did one day actually, going back years, remember you could buy the chocolate cigarettes when you went to a shop? Oh. And they oh, were delicious. Yeah. I'm pretty sure lovely. those chocolate cigarettes, you know, you could buy them singly. Were um, was actual paper around them that you weren't really meant to eat the the outer part of it because it never actually broke up. It was always exactly like it would if you ate real paper. Anyway, I, think I remember you were eating real cigarettes. I, no, well that's what I nearly did. Oh. So my mom's packet of cigarettes, I took one out and I went to eat it. <laughs> Thankfully, oh. I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was the same thing. Yeah. Um, thanks for that, Matt. We almost choked. We, we we've all almost choked on things, haven't we? Yes. I'm pretty sure I got a crayon stuck up my nose once and in in play school or something before. Um <laughs> But yeah, we've all we've all been there. Thanks for that, Matt. Though. Glad to see glad to see that you you know, you survived and you're alive to tell the tale. Sirsha, Calpol is for pain and it contains paracetamol. Oh, I know oh, it does. I was only I joking didn't realize when it I actually said it contained paracetamol. I oh yeah, I, I, I knew it did. Obviously it does, obviously for babies, but mm. it is very tasty. So it just kind of tastes yeah, like yeah. sugar, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm sure they're all loaded with sugar, so the kids will, will you know, won't fight you too much when they're having it. Um, cool, listen, uh, moving on, we're going to be chatting with someone who's making micro robots that'll go into your blood and fight off disease. Next though, do you know... For people who are working at home, maybe that's you. Um, you might be driving around doing security. You might be taxiing at the moment. Uh, you might just be up in bed. But listen, if you're working from home, how much more are you sitting on your arse each day because you're working from home? How much would you think? Um, I would say I'm sitting a lot more. I really do. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and it's silly things where you'll be coming in and out. So I might do a little bit of work or email a few people, but then stay sitting down, kind of just looking at, you know, looking through different websites and stuff on my laptop. So definitely more. I'd say on average one hour more. Okay. You're saying about one hour. Um, close. Not correct, though. But um, how long do you think, or how much longer are people who are working from home now spending sitting down compared to what they would be if they were working back in the office? Uh, have a guess. Let us know. It's a long time. It's longer than an hour, by the way. So 87 And uh, we'll also tell you details on how you can get yourself a brand new Fitbit on uh, FM104 tomorrow. It's on the way next here on FM104. FM104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 with Play Blue. You can visit our flagship store in Tala or get free delivery at playblue.ie. That was obviously Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga, Rain On Me. Uh, we are chatting there about just, you know, traumatic things that happened to you as a kid. Please, if you have not as of yet, go check out the video of the three-year-old girl in Thailand who got swept away at a kite festival. It is insane. She's thankfully absolutely fine, but that is going to... Uh, she'll either use this to become the greatest living legend of all time because she'll be like, yeah, three, I got swept away until this guy didn't die. It was absolutely fine. But it's a really, I don't even know how to describe, the kite she got caught in had a really long tail. So it was more like one of those, oh, I don't know how you'd describe that kind of uh, Yeah, I don't kite. know what it was kind like of 10 or 15 foot either, long. It had a massive long tail at the back of it. Yeah, like a professional kite. Um, but kind like of a she, ceremonial kind of kite. She is flung very high up in the air. Like, how she survived, yeah. I do not know. Yeah, like it's not like 10 or 15 foot. It's the, the kite goes up and everyone's looking at it and the tail of this kite is like 10 or 15 foot long behind it and everyone's looking at the kite going, oh my God, amazing. Then out of nowhere, there's just a kid at the end of it wrapped and up in And you know what's tail. actually very lucky for the child is that it didn't throw her up and fling her really far away kind of thing. Oh, do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, it wrapped around her, yeah. Yeah, it wrapped around her. So when she did eventually kind of come down, it did go one direction that people kind of could see it coming down so they caught her whereas like if that had if she had just been thrown in the air and then flung elsewhere there's no way she would have survived like that if, so. if, if, the, if the worst thing happened right no it didn't she's absolutely fine with no injuries miraculously no injuries if the worst thing did happen I mean would you not kind of laugh a little bit telling the police what happened no Cormac you'd just be like listen funny you'll, you'll never actually believe this but she was they wouldn't believe it she was swept up by a kite at the kite festival thrown a hundred foot in the air and they're like, really? Are you sure? Like, if ever you hear of a freak accident, that's one. Oh, my God, yeah. Isn't it? Oh, my God, that, that, that's oh. insane. Um, I got a bit of chalk stuck up my nose when I was small. My dad had to get me to the hospital to get it out. <laughs> the <laughs> nose was always a good there. one for shoving things up, wasn't it? Oh, it was. You were always interested. You were like, now, what else can I get in here now? What else? ear. Was... Yeah, mm. the ear. I've, I've had crayons up the nose before. Thankfully, I don't think they got too stuck. But there's always times where you're, sort of like, you're kind of worried, like, oh, God. That's gone a bit mad, but uh, and listen, any other good ones, traumatizing things that have happened to you as a kid where you've had to wind up in hospital? Let us know. Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Now the the question I asked before the break was how much longer, on average, are people spending sitting down, sitting on their backsides? Now that a lot of you are working from home, any like in a idea? weird way, right? I said an hour, but people working from home, in a way, I'm like, it's kind of good because people were very stressed beforehand, rushing to and from work and stuck in traffic yeah. and all the rest of it. And like, that's not good for you. But at the same time, you probably are sitting around a lot more and you're 
not moving, you're not going out of the house much and you might not be getting the exercise you used to get by walking no. to and from a bus or a Lewis or whatever. So in that regard, it can't be good for you. Um, but I said an hour on average. No, you're, you're, I suppose you're, you're a little bit far off there. Not an hour. Hmm. But yeah, when you think about it, it is, to be honest with you, if I could work from home for the rest of my life, I 100% would. It's just so much easier. It is easier. Uh, it definitely is. Um, oh, it's, the, it's just, do you know what it is a, a lot of the time? On a cold day, just having to get out and leave your house. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I That's didn't even really think bad. of that. I hate if you that. have to yeah, wait for the bus and the bus is full and seven mm. buses pass you and the Lewis is rammed and you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, oh. But I mean, some people oh. are back in their offices now. Other people, I, a friend of mine isn't going back until next July. So, you know, she used to get, along with sitting down too much, she used to get a new desk and a chair and all this stuff to make oh, her is comfier. Oh, she, is, she, is she a bit of a Karen that's like, I'm sorry, I don't have a proper orthopedic chair and yeah. I need one? And you know what? They're delivering it to her house. I know. Some people. Some yeah. people. Yeah, but I'm jealous too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get on to Nobby there. Nobby, seriously needs a brand new recliner. She needs a recliner with like foot <laughs> massage and back massage built I'd into the cell, otherwise she can't that. do the show properly. Yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I'm going to say, okay, if it's not an hour, are we going more than five hours? No, it's not more than five hours. So I'll tell you exactly how long it is, right? If you're working from home, this is scary now. This is based on uh, Irish people. This is a survey done by the Irish Heart Foundation. You're spending an extra two hours, 40 minutes sitting on... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You're a hole. Ooh, that's a long time, isn't it? If you're doing an yeah. eight-hour workday anyway. 
And you're probably doing a little bit more work as well. You'd wonder, right, the long-term effects from working from home, there's huge, huge, huge amounts of positives, I think, from working from home. makes yeah. so much more sense if you have a, a newborn baby, if you have, um, uh, you know, just transport, environmental issues, and you just ha- don't have to deal with people you hate in the office because there's one person who you hate you work with. You don't have to see them ever again. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're working from home, huge amounts of benefits. But obviously with, with things like this, there will be some unforeseen side effects and consequences. And you'd wonder in 10 or 15 years if obesity and heart attacks would go up just from the simple fact that people aren't actually moving as much. That's what I'd be worried about now as well. Because yeah. if you think about it, after you finish work and you're staying at home, if you're out and you're driving home, you're probably getting out of your work attire and going for a shower and then having dinner and you're kind of moving around. Whereas mm. if you're at home, you might even have your dinner beside your laptop and then after you While finish work... While you're in work, bed pretending to work and you're watching Netflix. Yeah, and then what happens when you finish work? What do people do for downtime? They watch TV. Yeah. They sit down and watch Netflix. So you're sitting down again and, and then you're going to bed. So it's yeah. sitting most of the day, then going to bed and repeating. Like you're not really moving around at all. Which is kind of with the scary thing when you look at it. Now, I mean, you might be... I bumped into a couple of people in the gym the other day who are able to get to their gym more because it's beside where they live. So they're popping down at lunchtime to their local gym and they're, like, getting a, getting a quick spinning class in. Yeah. And they said they're able to do that more. But will that counteract eight hours of sitting down doing absolutely nothing? Probably not. Probably not. No, probably not. Which like, is you definitely of... feel more pressure, I'd say, to do work. Yeah. Because your work is your home. So if you go into the room that your laptop is in, you might go, oh, God, maybe I'll just check something yeah, and sit yeah, down. Yeah. yeah, so you're sitting down a hell of a lot more. And this research was done by the Irish Heart Foundation. They've just launched a campaign called escapeyourchair.ie. Just a load of advice, information and tips on how you can move a little bit more so you can keep your heart nice and healthy and you keep moving and get a little bit of exercise as well. On top of that, uh, although, so before I mentioned that, one of the... One of the brilliant things that they have recommended that kind of people do, and especially employers do, right, if you have tons and tons and tons of video conference calls, right, they, their recommendation is, and I love this, their recommendation is to cut conference calls much, much shorter so people aren't left for two or three hours sitting on a pointless Zoom call when they don't really, really need to be there. So I, for one, think that is possibly the greatest oh, idea ever yeah. our foundation. Cut the Zoom calls in half, lads. You'll be saving yeah. lives. Amazing. Actually, do you remember all the Zoom calls we used to have early on? Oh, God. Horrific. In fairness, we have thankfully avoided them. We haven't had a Zoom call now, I would say, in months. I'm, pr- I'm yeah. pretty sure they've just completely forgotten about us. But sure, look, we'll say nothing. Um, we don't mind, but that, that's a killer. I've heard of some people who are in, like, eight-hour conference calls, sitting and then had to go on to another boring eight-hour conference call. Like, can you imagine? No, you imagine the amount of... There's calls after calls after calls. At least now you can turn around to your boss and go... Listen, guys, you're going to kill me. You're actually going to kill me. So we have to cut these Zoom calls in half. Just send me the send me the notes afterwards. I'll run my eyes over them. That's all I need to know. But good news anyway. Uh, Irish Heart Foundation of Launches, escapeyourchair.ie. Check out the website. And as well as that, uh, Emma Nolan on the 10 to 3 show tomorrow will have another brand new Fitbit to give away. So if you would like to win that, tune into her from 10. She will give you all the details. She has to... Uh, they're actually making her run around the office. She, she's in the studio. They're making her run around the office and you have to try and guess the amount of steps that she has gotten during a particular song. So they're making her... They're, you get to make her work for the uh, Fitbit anyway. So brand new Fitbit to give away. There's also a, a night away, a holiday 
to, to win at the end of the week as well. So tomorrow, with thanks to the Irish Heart Foundation, check out Escape Your Chair. Uh, .ie for more information on that and tune in to Emma tomorrow on the 10 to 3 show. You could be winning yourself a brand new... Uh, you could be winning yourself a brand new... Uh, sorry, Fitbit. Speaking of, you know, heart disease and health and things like that, scientists are working out and they're, they're working on developing tiny little micro-robots. These are tiny. These are like 12 atoms in diameter. Tiny, tiny, insanely tiny uh, robots that one day will hopefully be able to go into your blood and attack damaged cells and act as uh, nearly like uh, immune robotic cells and fight cancer cells, fight heart disease and make you healthy. You might even need modern medicine to do that. We're going to be chatting with a scientist who has been developing these tiny little robots next. Abe Rutchik is his name. He'll be on FM 104 explaining more. That's on the way next. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Good evening, how are you doing? Um, tonight we're going to be talking to somebody who's been investigating and looking into the impact your clothes might have on your mental state. Now, I know sometimes wearing different types of outfits might make you feel slightly different from maybe a, a confidence point of view. Like if you wear, I'll give you an example, right? I was in the gym during the week and you know those days where you forget to wash everything and you don't have any clean clothes to go to the gym with? Yeah, and you stink. Yeah, not, not only that, I, I did one or two days with stinky clothes in the gym and then I didn't even have any of them that were in the wash. So I had to wear a pair of white tracksuit bottoms that were too small for me and try and pretend as if, oh no, I'm cool. I just don't wear, you know, socks and have the trousers coming up over my ankles and a, a t-shirt that was probably too small. Felt a little bit uncomfortable, felt a little bit awkward, but after a while, you know, you, you kind of just get used to it and, and you go on to it. But that, that might affect your mood and your, and your confidence and, and how you're holding yourself. But did you ever think that your clothes and the type of clothes that you're wearing might affect different aspects of your psychology? No, I didn't. But now that I think about it, I guess if I was wearing kind of a tracksuit, say if I was trying to do work wearing a tracksuit, I'd be a little bit more sluggish, a little bit more kind of, I'd say more likely to to sit on the couch and try and do work as opposed to sitting at a desk that I have upstairs. Do you know that kind of way? So I do yeah. try and get dressed every single day, even though we are working from home, which is quite hard to do. It is, yeah. Like We're, we're not sitting here in tuxedos going, oh, this is very lovely, and as they we're all doing very good radio and stuff. And uh, But it's interesting, does the clothes that you're wearing and the type of clothing that you're wearing, does it affect, like, inside your head, does it affect certain aspects of your psychology? Well, certain people were trying to answer that question. They were asking that question, trying to find an answer to it. And joining us now from uh, the Department of Psychology, he's a professor over there at the California State University. Professor Abe Rutchik, sir, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. Good morning, indeed. Now, is this true, or what were you initially investigating when it comes to types of clothes and what's going on inside your head? Yeah, I, I started this work really based on the same kinds of thoughts that you guys were just describing. The idea of, um, you know, sitting down to do work and wearing clothes that were more formal or more casual than you, you might normally wear. It actually started back when I was in graduate school. Um, quite some time ago, I had, I had the notion to, to look at this stuff when I happened to be dressed formally more than more than typical. Um, I, uh, I went to grad school in, in California, UC Santa Barbara, uh, and in board shorts were more the order of the day. But one day I was wearing nice clothes and I sat down and I felt a little more motivated, a little more organized, something was different. Um, and we all know the experience of, of wearing a nice suit and walking into a, a convenience store or something like that and just being treated differently, having a different sense of yourself, right? So I kind of wanted to see uh, what might what that might do to uh, to how we think. And, and that was the sort of origin of the investigation. That's so strange because I've even chatted to a couple of people, and it, it, even that you bring up the, like, the working from home and, and being a grad student, I've chatted to people who 
well, at the start of lockdown, whether they continued with this, I do not know, but they made a point of having like their work clothes and that they would actually get dressed for work even if they were working from home so that they, one, probably had maybe a clear boundary of when they're working and when they're not working, but said it actually made them feel... Yeah, more productive, strangely. Yes, yeah, certainly the working at home literature, there, there, you know, there is one in the, in the sort of industrial organizational psychology world. They say, you know, have a dedicated space, have a dedicated room, have a clear boundary between your work life and your personal life. That's, you know, you've probably heard those sorts of things. And I think that could well extend to, to clothing, you know, take a shower, change your clothes, change your mindset a bit, get yourself more in that work frame of mind. Um, now I say this, and I haven't exactly lived that reality myself during lockdown. <laughs> I'm being a little bit hypocritical <laughs> in discussing the research because I uh, certainly uh, pajamas have generally been my, my work attire uh, during the process. But what is the research behind it, though? Yeah, so the, well, the work I did um, really looks at this notion of abstract processing versus concrete processing. That sounds a little jargony and technical, but it's a pretty straightforward uh, difference. Anytime we're thinking or planning or, or doing anything, we could be more in an abstract way, which is big picture, big ideas, the reasons why we do particular things, that sort of stuff, planning, right? Uh, or concrete, which is more detail-oriented, narrow, mechanical, how we accomplish certain things, the, the forest and the trees, if you will. Um, mm. And so uh, th- that's a, it's pretty well established in cognitive psychology, that distinction. It turns out to affect all sorts of different things. And the notion that we had was that maybe uh, the clothing we wore, the formality of the clothing we wore specifically, might impact where we were on that abstract concrete continuum. And so what we found uh, by, you know, a few different ways of looking at it, a few different ways of assessing abstract processing and, 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 and concrete processing, uh, and a few different ways of getting people to wear different kinds of clothes. Sometimes we just asked how formal the clothing was that they were wearing, and sometimes we brought people into the lab and actually had them change their clothes into formal or casual clothes. We found that pretty consistently the uh, formal clothing made people think in a bit more abstract a manner. It's so weird, and it does definitely make sense, but I'm thinking even back to being in school wearing a uniform you know even putting that uniform on you kind of feel like you're going to school you have to be a certain way and act a certain way whereas I had friends that went to a school that had no uniform they could wear whatever they wanted and it did seem overall more laid back yeah it did we you know high school I wore a coat and tie that was our that was our dress code at the school I went to and uh there was a certain uh, formality, you know, for class, you had to wear it. Of course, we didn't wear it just walking around the campus. But once you got to class, you, you know, once you changed for your day, that's what you wore. And there was a, you know, there's a little more social distance, a little more politeness. And we think that the reason behind this is really putting on more formal clothes makes you feel a little bit more powerful. Um, and that's linked to these ideas of, uh, of, of social distance, of politeness, and of abstract thinking. That's kind of the idea. Leaders wear formal clothing. Leaders have big ideas. Um, the people who follow leaders uh, are the ones who have to carry that out. So that, that was kind of our, um, uh, the, the, the reasoning we had underlying this sort of thing. You're making me want to wear a suit from now on into work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really interesting, right? It depends on your goals. So you're, you, know, you, you folks, your, your job is to connect with people and to, to not be socially distant. I don't think you want to, to sort of have this... Uh, stiffness and formality necessarily in your interactions with your guests or with each other, you, you'd rather probably be in a more a more casual position. It makes me think that it very much depends on on what your object is. If you want big picture thinking, if you want to be, um, you know, kind of creating the, the charting the course for an organization, more of an executive kind of role, formal clothing is probably going to, um, you know, make that a bit of a more natural way of way of operating. But in your case, I think uh, the opposite might be the case. I think that's really funny. Even the way people would dress. Obviously, we don't have to wear formal clothes but I mean no one has told us we can't 
but anyone that is on air that works in <laughs> FM 104, you're coming in in your ripped jeans and your, you know, your cool T-shirt and you just don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, all these things are happening. Uh, there's a bunch of reasons why this happens and they're all happening at once, right? One of them is what we've been talking about is the effect on you, the wearer. But of course, there's also an effect on the person who's who's watching you, right? You create a certain impression of what you're like and, and the expectations around the interaction. And then there's the whole normative piece, right? Um, as you just described, certain workplaces have certain rules around or guidelines around what you're supposed to wear, what's typical to wear. And if you were to um, wear something that deviated in either direction from that, uh, people would raise an eyebrow and that would make you feel a particular way, right? So all these things are kind of intertwined. They all have effects, sometimes all in the same direction, and, and they're all worth sort of thinking about, considering. It, it, it is so strange, though, that you you know you've demonstrated this slight change in in actual psychological thinking because you know I think we can all feel the mood and even as you said it's you know branding yourself a certain way when you're walking into the office someone's in a suit you're like oh oh god is is that an exec is that we shouldn't be messing now because someone has walked in in a suit we're like oh, okay cool whereas if someone walked in uh, as we said in a tracksuit you probably wouldn't pay as much um, attention to it so what then like is there a scale then of where you know when to start wearing a suit like if you get a promotion up into middle management then it's like you got to start formalizing up a little bit or if you've got a, a tough negotiation let's say i've got a tough contract and renegotiation next year should we go in in suits and like a, a top hat and a cane and go right <laughs> yeah you never want to uh, sort of descend into parody uh, that's probably not quite what you want to do there but yeah as you consider that right again th- it really does depend on your goals uh, who are you negotiating with right so of course the norms of the situation will matter but you know subtly are you trying to create more connection with this person uh, less formality less distance more sense of collaboration in which case maybe skew slightly more casual than you know the kind of um, normative, what would be appropriate? Don't don't be inappropriate. Don't wear ripped jeans or whatever. But maybe skew slightly more casually to try to create that sense of collaboration and connection. Uh, on the other hand, if you're trying to create a strong negotiating position and and you want to be a little more formal, if the, if your goal is to push you in the more formal direction, then maybe you want to, uh, to 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 dial up the formality just a bit. Again, within the ranges of what's appropriate. I'll give you a personal example for me um, in teaching. Right, I, I, I tend to be pretty casual in my language. I, I, I'll throw in profanity every now and again. Um, my natural instinct is to just sort of talk off the cuff and in a casual yeah. way. But when I teach, I also dress quite formally. I wear a tie typically. Uh, sometimes the tie comes off by about you know the middle of the semester. But I'm always wearing um, fairly formal clothes relative to my colleagues, certainly, um, and, and and really creating some distance between me and the students. And that's a very deliberate choice to try to counteract that natural. A casual style. And is there any colours in particular as well that, you know, you should be more drawn to when you want to come across as more together, I guess? Yeah, there's research on that. Um, and I, th- I think it's a little... The one colour that gets studied the most is red, of course. Everyone talks about red yeah. being a colour that, that uh, has particular psychological meaning, that red means... Uh, power or red means uh, attractiveness. Unfortunately, red seems to mean everything. I've seen research suggesting that it makes people attractive, that it makes people win at fighting competitions, that it makes people more avoidant in error, uh, you know, sort of error detection contexts. So, um, yeah, I, I can't really speak to specific colors. I think that the work is just a little bit too uh, too muddy to, to speculate on. I always try and do this, like, when I look at, whether you're on Instagram and there's certain people who are, like, fashion bloggers and fashion stylists and they look incredible, they're incredibly well-dressed, like, you come across a picture of David Beckham or George Clooney, I always try and imagine them in the roughest, most disgusting pair of grey tracksuit bottoms and a hoodie, just to kind of remind yourself that, no, these, these people, one, are normal, and two, how much... 
we are influenced by what somebody wears, but probably without even realising it, that we just see the look of them, they're wearing a shirt and they're wearing a tie, will probably instantaneously associate so much more positive things with someone else who, who mightn't be dressed in a similar way. Right. Certainly celebrities who have a public-facing life um, are, are very much used to, to, to kind of, we think we see them in that way, right, all the time. You do mm. see every now and then, if you glance at a supermarket tabloid, you see, you know, celebrities caught taking out the trash. They're just like us, you know, those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. um, and every now and then you get to see that. I do think that, that George Clooney probably has the edge in attracting this over me, regardless of what either of us are wearing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the point's well taken, right? We, we tend to idolize these folks and, uh, and, and kind of uh, imagine them in a particular way because of their, their styling, where, yeah, we're all, we're all human. And uh, you know, so much of this is, is, is uh, created by these, these superficial things that we, that we put on. Yeah. And, and then I suppose, finally, apart from looking at the, the, you know, your brain functions when it comes to various different aspects and how your clothes impact that, over the years when you've been kind of studying the impact clothing can make. Is there anything else that kind of stood out to you as being some of the most interesting research you've come across in this area? Yeah, there is another study. It's not it's not published, so I should I should be cautious in how I talk about it. It hasn't gone through the peer review process, but we did do a follow up to this where we had people change into either formal or casual clothes, um, and then so it's a, it's, a, it's an experiment. We brought them into the lab, had them change, and so on, and then we had them do this task um, called delayed discounting. And what that is is simply, um, would you like a smaller reward now or uh, a larger reward later. It's like the marshmallow mm-hmm. test that you've probably heard of, right? Where you, you can have, uh, you get a marshmallow, you give a marshmallow to a little kid and uh, if they can wait five minutes without eating the marshmallow, they can have two marshmallows at the end of the five minutes, this sort of um, delay gratification kind of idea. So, you know, yeah. would you like $20 now or would you like $25 in a week? Would you like $40 now or $100 in a year? Those sorts of questions. And we found that people who had changed into the formal clothing were more likely to make that decision on behalf of their future self, more likely to say, I'll take that bigger reward later. Um, they could push off the reward. They're more future-oriented than you're thinking, which I that think is, is really exciting, really relevant, really speaks to this broader issue of how um, leaders think, how big-picture thinkers think versus people who are thinking more in the present and in the moment uh, tend to tend to process things. So not published yet, but I think a really interesting and exciting finding. That is, and I'm just trying to think from a diet perspective, if you're trying to lose some weight and there's like ice cream in front of you, just put a suit on and go, no, 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 I'll have that tomorrow. There you go. Uh, and, and push that out and try and manage yourself that way. There you go. Exactly. That's all you have to do is put the tie on and you'll 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 be more likely to turn away the, the, the ice cream and be asking for salad in no time. <laughs> I'm not sure it oh. quite quite will work uh, as as prescribed for everyone, but but why not? That's what the Who fear knows? would suggest. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, fascinating stuff. But like if so, you think about it, right, you're sitting in a tracksuit at home and someone goes, Do you want twenty euro now or do you want twenty five euro next week? I think in your head you're kinda of going well, I'm in a tracksuit, so I'll probably end up going to the shop in a minute anyway. Whereas maybe when you're kind of in your formal clothes, you're in work mode. So you're not thinking of buying things right then and there. So it's like, no, I'll wait. I'll hang on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's, it's you're, you're definitely in a different state of mind broadly, and that's going to have all sorts of effects, and that's one of them. Honestly, when you think about it, so many things in, in public health and in financial well-being really do depend on putting off some current reward, some some something that feels nice in the moment for something that's going to feel better later, right? Current me, present day Abe really wants the pizza, really wants the ice cream. But, you know, the, the Abe a, a year from now, a month from now, whatever it might be, kind of wishes he didn't have that and wishes he'd eaten a salad instead, right? And, um, <laughs> and, and the idea is that shifting your thinking more towards this abstract way of, of thinking, this more future-oriented way of thinking uh, will make you make those decisions 
on behalf of your future self uh, more often. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. It kind of is something we might look at in the in the future, maybe down the line. But like spending a day in a suit versus spending a day in a in a scruffy tracksuit and seeing the different responses that people give you in shops and in restaurants and things like that. And like I've always heard, if you're getting a flight, you should go in a suit because they're more likely to bump you up to a spare first class seat if you look decent and respectable. And maybe that would be something to uh, to investigate. But uh, listen, Professor uh, Rutchik, we really appreciate you giving up your time here uh, this evening on FM104. Your website is uh, rutchik.com. If you want to go check it out, he's a professor over in the Department of Psychology looking into all of these really interesting and I think more importantly applicable areas of psychology that you can use in work or at home or in, probably even in your dating life or, or, or whatever. But anyway, uh, Professor A. Rutchik, thanks a million for popping on. Fascinating research. When that new one is published, we might give you a buzz back and uh, see how it, get, it gets on anyway. But thanks for joining us here on FM 104 this evening. You're very welcome. Thanks very much, Cormac, Sersha. I appreciate it. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.